Today is the 14th day of November. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. We're probably far enough in the year for you to know that, but I'm Brian. It's good to be here with you today. And I'm excited to take the next step forward. We'll move into Ezekiel and then into Hebrews, where we will talk about faith. But first, Ezekiel chapter 29, verse 1 through 30, verse 26. And we're reading from the Common English Bible this week. In the tenth year, on the twelfth day of the tenth month, the Lord's word came to me. Human one, face Pharaoh, Egypt's king, and prophesy against him and against all of Egypt. Speak and say, the Lord God proclaims, I'm against you, Pharaoh, Egypt's king, great crocodile lurking in the Nile's canals, who says, the Nile is all mine. I made it for myself. I will set hooks in your jaws. I will make the fish from the Nile's canals cling to your scales. I will drag you out of the Nile's canals, and also all the fish from the Nile's canals clinging to your scales. I will fling you out into the desert, and also all the fish from the Nile's canals. You will fall on the open ground and won't be gathered or retrieved. I've given you to the beasts of the earth and the birds in the sky for food. Everyone living in Egypt will know that I am the Lord. Because they were a flimsy crutch for the house of Israel, when they took you in hand, you would splinter and make their shoulders sore. When they leaned on you, you would break, bringing them to their knees. Now the Lord God proclaims, I'm bringing a sword against you, and I will cut off from you human and beast. The land of Egypt will be turned into a wasteland and ruins. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Because you said, The Nile is mine, I made it. I'm against you and against the Nile's canals. I will make the land of Egypt into an utter ruin, a wasteland from Migdal to Syene and as far as its boundary with Cush. No foot, animal, or human will walk across it and it won't be inhabited for 40 years. I will make the land of Egypt the most desolate of wastelands and its cities the most devastated of ruined cities. It will be a wasteland for 40 years, and the Egyptians will be scattered among the nations and dispersed throughout the lands. The Lord God proclaims, At the end of 40 years, I will gather the Egyptians from among the nations where they are scattered. I will improve their circumstances and bring them back to the land of Pathros, the land of their origin. Egypt will be a lowly kingdom there. Out of all the kingdoms, it will be the lowliest. It will never again exalt itself over the nations. 
and I will make it small to keep it from ruling the nations. The house of Israel will never again bring guilt on itself by faithlessly turning to Egypt for help, for they will know that I am the Lord God. In the twenty-seventh year, on the first day of the first month, the Lord's word came to me. Human one, Babylon's king Nebuchadnezzar made his army labor very hard against Tyre. Every head was scraped bald and every shoulder was rubbed raw, yet he got nothing from Tyre for himself or for his army, for any of his efforts against it. So now the Lord God proclaims, I'm going to give the land of Egypt to Babylon's king Nebuchadnezzar. He will carry off its wealth. He will plunder and loot it, and it will be the wages for his army. I will give him the land of Egypt as payment for his laboring for me. This is what the Lord God says. On that day, I will give new strength to the house of Israel, and I will open your mouth among them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The Lord's word came to me. Human one, prophesy and say, The Lord God proclaims, Howl, horror for the day. The day is coming. The day of the Lord comes. A day of clouds. The nation's time has come. A sword will come into Egypt, and trembling will overcome Cush when the slain fall in Egypt. Its wealth carried away and its foundations raised. Cush, Put, and Lud, all Arabia and Cub, and the people from the allied country with them will fall by the sword. The Lord proclaims, When Egypt's helpers fall, its proud strength will decline. From Migdal to Syene, they will fall by the sword. This is what the Lord God says. Of all the lands laid waste, it will be the most desolate. Of all cities, the most ruined. They will know that I am the Lord. On the day that I set fire to Egypt and all its helpers are broken, messengers and ships will go out from me to startle the complacent Cushites. Anguish will overcome them on Egypt's day. It's certainly coming. The Lord God proclaims, I will bring an end to the hordes of Egypt through the power of Babylon's King Nebuchadnezzar. He and his people with him, the most terrible of the nations, will be brought in to destroy the land. They will draw their swords against Egypt and fill the land with the slain. I will dry up the Nile canals. I will sell the land to evildoers. With the help of foreigners, I will lay waste to the land and everything in it. I, the Lord, have spoken. The Lord God proclaims, I will destroy the idols and bring an end to the images in Memphis. Never again will there be a prince from the land of Egypt. 
so I will kindle fear in the land of Egypt. I will turn Pathros into a desolation, set fire to Zoan, and execute judgments in Thebes. I will pour out my anger on Pelusium, the stronghold of Egypt, and I will cut down Pompos, Thebes. I will set Egypt on fire. Pelusium will writhe in travail. Thebes will be split open. Memphis assaulted in broad daylight. The elite troops of On and Pi Seth will fall by the sword, and the cities themselves will go into captivity. At Tehaphanes, the day will go dark when I break Egypt's yoke and bring an end to its proud strength. A cloud will cover it, and the towns around it will go into captivity. I will execute judgments in Egypt, and they will know that I am the Lord. In the eleventh year, on the seventh day of the first month, the Lord's word came to me. Human one, I've broken the arm of Pharaoh, Egypt's king, and it hasn't been set so that it might heal, nor has it been braced or wrapped up so that it might be strong enough to grasp a sword. So now, The Lord God proclaims, I'm against Pharaoh, and I will break his arms, both the sound one and the broken one, and I'll make the sword fall out of his hand. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them throughout the earth. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon, and I will put my sword into his hand. When I break the arms of Pharaoh, he will groan like a dying man in his presence. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon, but the arms of Pharaoh will fall. They will know that I am the Lord when I put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon and he uses it against the land of Egypt. When I scatter the Egyptians among the nations, and disperse them throughout the earth, they will know that I am the Lord. Hebrews 11, 32-12-13 What more can I say? I would run out of time if I told you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Through faith, they conquered kingdoms, brought about justice, realized promises, shut the mouths of lions, put out raging fires, escaped from the edge of the sword, found strength in weakness, were mighty in war, and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured and refused to be released so they could gain a better resurrection. But others experienced public shame by being taunted and whipped. They were even put in chains and in prison. They were stoned to death. They were cut in two, and they died by being murdered with swords. They went around wearing the skins of sheep and goats, needy, oppressed, and mistreated. 
the world didn't deserve them. They wandered around in deserts, mountains, caves, and holes in the ground. All these people didn't receive what was promised, though they were given approval for their faith. God provided something better for us, so they wouldn't be made perfect without us. So then, let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us. Since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's throw off any extra baggage, get rid of the sin that trips us up and fix our eyes on Jesus, faith's pioneer and perfecter. He endured the cross, ignoring the shame for the sake of the joy that was laid out in front of him and sat down at the right side of God's throne. Think about the one who endured such opposition from sinners so that you won't be discouraged and you won't give up. In your struggle against sin, you haven't resisted yet to the point of shedding blood, and you have forgotten the encouragement that addresses you as sons and daughters. My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline or give up when you are corrected by Him, because the Lord disciplines whomever He loves and He punishes every son or daughter whom He accepts. Bear hardship for the sake of discipline. God is treating you like sons and daughters. What child isn't disciplined by his or her father? But if you don't experience discipline, which happens to all children, then you are illegitimate and not real sons and daughters. What's more, we had human parents who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of Spirits and live? Our human parents disciplined us for a little while, as it seemed best to them. But God does it for our benefit, so that we can share His holiness. No discipline is fun while it lasts, but it seems painful at the time. Later, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. So strengthen your drooping hands and weak knees. Make straight paths for your feet so that if any part is lame, it will be healed rather than injured more seriously. Psalm 112 Praise the Lord. Those who honor the Lord, who adore God's commandments, are truly happy. Their descendants will be strong throughout the land. The offspring of those who do right will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in their houses. Their righteousness stands forever. They shine in the dark for others who do right. They are merciful 
compassionate, and righteous. Those who lend generously are good people, as are those who conduct their affairs with justice. Yes, these sorts of people will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. They won't be frightened at bad news. Their hearts are steady, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are firm. They aren't afraid. In the end, they will witness their enemies' defeats. They give freely to those in need. Their righteousness stands forever. Their strength increases gloriously. The wicked see all this and fume. They grind their teeth, but disappear to nothing. What the wicked want to see happen comes to nothing. Proverbs 27, 17 As iron sharpens iron, so friends sharpen each other's faces. All right, so in Hebrews, as I've been saying most every day, Hebrews was written to Hebrews, which is not me saying because it was written to Hebrews, it has no meaning for us. It's to say that's the context, and context is important in the Bible. These are early Jewish believers in Jesus, and they are declaring that God is doing a new thing among the Hebrew people, that Jesus is a part of the Hebrew story, and that God is doing a new thing among the Hebrew people. The old covenant is accomplished, and a new covenant is instituted. Well, this is not widely accepted at the time or now among the Hebrew people. And so this letter is to restate what is believed about Jesus in a Hebrew context among the early believers in Jesus, because they are on the margins. At best, these early Hebrew believers in Jesus were thought to be just a part of another Jewish sect, sort of like a, a weird new denomination of Judaism, who are following a rabbi named Jesus, who happened to be executed by the Romans. So these guys are being marginalized, sidelined, cast out, mistreated, even persecuted. And if we remember the story of the Apostle Paul, he was one of the persecutors. This is who he was after. Jewish, Hebrew people who were converting to following Jesus. So they had, uh, they had considerable opposition. So on the one hand, they were adopting this way of Jesus and following Jesus' teachings and believing that this rewired and reframed things, that God was doing something new in the world and this would lead them to eternal life. But on the other hand, it had only made their human physical lives much more difficult to navigate. So we can begin to see how this all fits together. A lengthy explanation of how Jesus connects to the Hebrew story and fulfills so many prophecies and brings to an end an era 
and begins a new one that follows in a tradition of faith in what can't be seen but is hoped for and in. And then we walk through all of the examples, Hebrew examples, by the way, of people who are deeply respected by all Hebrew, all practicing Jewish people. And so now the writer of Hebrews is saying, look, those guys believed in a promise and hoped in it and moved forward and they moved the world and our culture forward in the process but it was very difficult for them so we shouldn't be surprised that moving this forward that our place in this story is difficult and so right now we can't just disappear into the scenery we can't just fade We have to follow our ancestors' example and move this forward. And so the the conclusion, not of the book of Hebrews, but the conclusion of this thought. So then, let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. And that great cloud of witnesses being all of the examples of the ancestors that had gone before them. This hall of faith that we walked down over the last couple of days. Let's throw off any extra baggage and get rid of the sin that trips us up and fix our eyes on Jesus, faith's pioneer and perfecter. He endured the cross, ignoring the shame for the sake of the joy that was laid out in front of him and sat down at the right side of God's throne we should take great encouragement in that because it gives us the lay of the land for our own lives it's not always going to be easy this isn't even about making things easy which is one of the great misconceptions about this journey of faith that we're on and one of the things that deeply estranges us from god because for some reason we think that (laughs) everything is supposed to be unopposed and without challenge and easy And when it's not, we blame God for it. And we can see clues that this is somewhat happening in this time because the writer of Hebrews then begins to talk about discipline. And the way that it's brought out is, look, a parent who doesn't discipline their children and shape them and guide them doesn't love them. And if that's not happening to a child, then the child's an illegitimate child. So they're basically saying, look, we have to... We have to endure this. We have to move through this and get everything that God has for us that's in it into our lives. We're being shaped. We're being remade new for this new covenant. Things have changed and we are carrying it forward. And so we too can take the counsel found in the last verses that we read today. So strengthen your drooping hands and weak knees make straight paths for your feet so that if any part is lame it will be healed rather than injured more seriously so father we have to reframe some things we actually have to keep reframing them that the obstacles that we face and the challenges that come our way aren't purposeless 
They are an invitation to grow strong in our faith, which we need to be. And they are assisting us with stripping away all of the things that are going nowhere in our lives. So come Holy Spirit, strengthen our faith. We embrace you and we cling to you in all things. You are the author and perfecter of our faith. So come Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's home base. It's where you find out what's going on around here. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at DailyAudioBible.com. There's a link. It's on the homepage. And I can't thank you enough for those of you who have clicked that link. Thank you. If you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996. Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, family. This is Guide My Footsteps. I wanted to call in because it's been one year, November 10th, since a lady named Barbara called in, uh, and previously the, the night before her husband passed away. And she called in to thank Brian for the nighttime readings, that it helped to ease him in his final moments, and he actually passed with a, a smile on his face. And then she proceeded to want to pray for other people. This is just a few hours after her husband had passed and she was obviously grieving. This made a huge impression on me. I've been listening for years and years and there's been people over that time that have really, really made impressions on me in this community. Blind Tony, Victoria Soldier. I could go on and on and on. But thank you so much for being there. Barbara, I hope you've had a good year if you're listening. And thank you so much. Hey, Davey, brothers and sisters. This is Byron out in Florida. Hope you all are doing well. I'm, I'm listening to the, the reading today from Hebrews and the commentary that Brian is talking about. And it's just resonating with me so deeply about this idea of God doing a new thing to the uh, Hebrews back then and also to us. And it's it's absolutely true. I called in a little while ago asking for prayer because God was dealing with my emotional self and I got a lot of calls back and encouragement, which was amazing. But people were saying things that I wasn't expecting, like I'm, I'm heading into a period of wilderness, I'm heading into a period of testing, or I'm heading into a period of deep intimacy and I had to wrestle with all those things and it turns out that it's it's very much true it's amazing um what god does and so i 100 percent resonate with what Ryan was saying i think that if god doesn't occasionally stick his finger into our you know perfect christian life every now and then 
that maybe we really aren't on the spiritual journey, that we need that humility to realize that no matter what kind of experiences we have and what we've been through, that there's always more and he's inviting us to more. So, Father, we thank you that there's no end to you, that your love is deep and that you keep inviting us to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Help us not to get any kind of swelled head about what you show us, Heavenly Father, but instead let us just lean more and more into you that you can be glorified in every single part of our life. We give you the glory today in Jesus' name. Hey, DAB, uh, family, this is people on the water from Indiana. Um, I'm calling in today because, uh, oh man, oh boy, um, because um, my county's sheriff uh, got an alert that I may be on um, watch. Um, so that's who woke me up this morning, along with my dad. <laughs> And it was honestly, for a second, it was like seeing like Jesus, you know, I was really shocked. So it was like sleeping and stuff. When you sleep, your head doesn't work. And it was, it was really confusing. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess pray for my mental health um, and pray for my girlfriend's mental health as well. And I'll see you in a little bit. Bye. Good morning, Daily Audio Bible family. This is um, wrapped in his unfailing love. Dorothy from Destin, and I wanted to call in this morning for a few people that I heard this morning on the 11th of November. First, I'd like to pray for um, Grace, the passing of the passing of your dad that you believe is eminent, and that you had a wonderful dad. How how wonderful, and you will get to see him again. So I pray for your comfort. And I pray for all the things that you prayed for, peaceful passing, no pain, and, and just a wonderful time that you have left with him and comfort. And Lord, we lift up Debbie's friend, Kathy's husband, and this terrible um, chemo that he's going through. But Lord, we know that you are the um, ultimate healer and that you can provide a miracle. And you've also provided the miracle of friendship. And we pray we praise you for that and that Debbie will be a, a great friend and that she is a great friend to Kathy and her husband. Lord, I'd also like to lift up anonymous and confused to you. And this is a scripture I have for you. First Timothy 1, 7, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And anonymous, you know the truth and the truth will set you free. And walk in faith, just start out, start by doing, and God will give you the strength that you need to leave this relationship. Lord, we, we bless her. We ask you to give her strength and mercy and grace. I love this family. I pray that you all have a wonderful day. Thank you, Brian, for this wonderful ministry. Bye.